Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Quite a specific word coming through this morning about trials and troubles and suffering. And it was interesting in the week on Monday, we had our last Bible school session speaking about evangelism, and the second last session is the power of suffering. How God intends suffering to glorify Him. And I just want to kind of throw it out there in light of obviously the word this morning being very relevant to us as a congregation. What gives more glory to God? What lifts up the worth of Christ more? The fact that we're going through a situation that's difficult, that's trying, that's tasting, and God comes and miraculously delivers us from that circumstance and then we praise Him. That's the one option. We're going through stuff, we're going through difficulties, God comes, He delivers us, we praise Him then. Or, when we praise God in the midst of the difficulty, even though He does not grant relief, even though He does not heal, does not supply, does not deliver, which one places the greater emphasis on the worth of Christ? The one in suffering, Because when we in suffering glorify God, we are saying Jesus alone is enough. Jesus alone. Just God. I know He can do a lot of other things, but even though He doesn't, just God. That's sufficient. That's enough. I will still glorify Him. And yes, there is a time and a place where we glorify God when the breakthrough comes and we say, thank you, God, for delivering. Thank you, God, for supplying. But even if you don't, you still are enough. Amen? That was the short pre-sermon. Now to get into the sermon. Let me pray for us and, and then we begin. Yes, Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you, Father, for doing a mighty work this morning already. We thank you for that, Lord. And I pray, Lord, the words that were shared, Father, that we might by grace receive by faith, Lord, and apply it into our lives, Lord, that it would not be in vain. Also pray for this word this morning, Lord. I can pray, Father, that you might teach us, Father, to, to think and discern well when it comes to how you want us to live, Lord, in the world that we are living in. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so our title this morning is Christ or Culture. Christ or Culture. And obviously, we, it can be very broad, it can be very long. I'm going to try not to be too long this morning, but just kind of stir a little bit and prompt certain questions and a way of thinking maybe perhaps that I think can be beneficial to us. Because in certain times, like I'm not a fan of the end of the year. The end of the year is strange for me, also the beginning of the year. And the reason why I say that is because we are inevitably living in the world. We are in a culture, and the culture is not Christian, the culture is not biblical. 
There's certain parts of it, yes, a little bit more, a little bit less. But nonetheless, if we just follow culture, we will end up not following God. Amen? That makes sense. We get that. But then in certain seasons and in certain areas, if, if we can kind of imagine culture being like a river flowing, it's always flowing somewhere. If you do nothing, you'll drift along with culture. Inevitably, you'll follow suit. And in certain times and in certain areas, the river flows a little bit slower. The stream is not that strong. It's easier to resist. It's easier to go the other way. And if you just sit by passively, you'll drift slowly in a certain direction. But then there's certain times and certain seasons and certain areas where the stream is really strong. It kind of pulls you, you know, in, in a, in, into a direction. And if you're not aware of that, and if you sit by passively, very quickly are you going to be drawn into that direction. Now, the end of the year, the beginning of the year is a lot like that for me. Where the world has a certain way of doing things. There's a lot of stuff happening. And if we don't think and ask but why, we'll just go. And we'll find ourselves there. And I'll explain a little bit of that in just a moment. But one of the big things that I want to address this morning is the concept of rest. The concept of rest and dealing with stuff. But we'll get to that in a moment. But just there where you sit, for it being the end of the year, one of the benefits that I do like of the year is that it gives us a space of time to reflect on. Amen? That's beneficial. Twelve months have gone by. How have we done? Something to look to. It's not the ultimate measure of doing stuff. But it does give us that thing to look back to and see what we've done. And specifically in the beginning of the year, I don't know if you remember the sermon series on Psalm 90. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. That we may gain a heart of wisdom. Living light, in light of eternity, in light of the fact that life is short. In light of the fact that the only thing we only have a certain amount of, and we never can make it more or less, is time. That's it. The time you have, that's the time you have. You, you'll never have more, you'll never have less. You just have the amount of time you have. And you don't know what that is. You don't know if tomorrow will be there. You don't know if next week will be there. And kind of the question I want to ask us is, did that shape our lives? Did that influence the way we live this year? If you were to kind of take a percentage of scripture that you've heard, scripture that you've read, sermons that you've listened to, what percentage of that would you say that you've actively begun to apply this year? Because remember, scripture says, do not only be hearers, but be doers, lest you deceive yourself. So we have one of two ways of receiving scripture. The one is receiving it and obeying it. And the other is receiving it and becoming deceived. Why? Because we will justify ourselves if we do not obey it in order to make ourselves feel okay by the fact that we are not obeying scripture. Are you with me? So it's kind of dangerous to listen to a sermon if you don't have the willingness to obey. Reading your Bible assumes the willingness to obey. Otherwise, you'll just become more confused as you read telling yourself stories as to why you don't need to obey it. But nonetheless, quick question, there we are sitting. How is it going with you this morning? Maybe turn to the person next to you. How are you doing? When it comes to rest, 
when it comes to peace, joy, you know, all of those fruit that Scripture speaks of that we as followers of Christ should have, joy, peace, patience, restfulness, anxiety maybe, fear. How are we doing? You can ask the person next to you. You can speak to them a little if you want. Chalk na net asjeblief. Ek sê nie, dis rap die kerk nie. Ek vrou gaan dit. Nee, met mekaar. Chalk net, grap net, rustig. Okay, now second question that we need to throw in there as well. Has there been something that you have been avoiding this year? Has there been something that you've been avoiding this year? Now it can be a, a lot of different things. It can be personal sin. There's some sin in my life. There's stuff that I'm struggling with and I haven't shared it with someone. I know I should. God has convicted me of it. But I'm doing this. And you'll know. David says, Psalm 51, and he sinned with Bathsheba when he didn't repent. I felt the hand of the Lord heavy upon me. It was as if my bones were withering away. It's not nice. It's uncomfortable. This is hilakini. You, you'll know. There's something that I'm keeping to myself. I'm not being honest. I'm not living in the light. It tires us out. Is there something like that? Maybe there is a person or someone that you know are busy with something in life that's going to be harmful to them. And God has prompted you to go and address that, to go and speak about that. Is there something like that that you've been avoiding? Has there been conversations with people when they are not there? You know what I'm speaking about? You're constantly speaking to this person, but they're not there. It's not you in your corp and you always win the argument or the fight or whatever in your head. But for other, some reason, the next day you're still fighting with them. It's not resolved. It's because they actually need to be there. Yes. Is there something like that? Relationally, husband, wife, kids, Friends, is there, is there tension? Would you say your relationship is healthy? Would you say it's in a good space? And I know the men many times don't like the question because it's like, I weet, it's not helemaal great, but there's no, no specific issue, so there's no vraven. So maybe we shouldn't dig. I weet not say it's okay. But is it, is it healthy? And I want to read us a scripture and I'll explain to us why I ask this question, specifically pertaining to this time of the year, specifically pertaining to our concept of rest. So it says the following, Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, we, we know the scripture. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God, 
what is good and acceptable and perfect. And the one thing that we should note here is again that concept of culture versus being transformed into the image of God. Conformity, and in this Greek word, it kind of gives the idea being molded by. If you lay back passively, you'll be shaped into this inevitably. This doesn't take a lot of effort. You just need to lay, lay back. Take it easy, this will happen. There'll be a conformity through the culture, the house that you're living in, the job that you work at, the people that you surround yourself with. This will inevitably happen if you do nothing. But then there's an intentional con a transformation that needs to happen. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern. This is intentional. This is something we need to do. This doesn't happen automatically. And basically a good thing to do is whenever we decide something, whenever we want to do something, is just to ask the question, why? Why? That's a good start. Inevitably, we deceive ourselves many times and we tell ourselves a lot of smart stories about why we want to do certain things, but why? Now, let's get to the whole concept of rest, specifically the end of the year. Many people tired, many people defeated, many people burnt out. In society, in general, more people are becoming burnt out more often. Are you with me? We experience that. More people become tired more often. We're experiencing that. Whenever you ask someone, how's it going with them, the common answer is, busy, busy, busy. You with me? I don't know if that's your answer. You also have to, do you say that when someone asks, how's it going? And to such a degree that it's kind of weird if you are not busy, 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 and what mark you don't know? What are you busy with? Aren't you, you know, productive? Aren't you, you know, doesn't your life mean something? You need to be busy, busy, busy. Because that's what culture dictates. That's, that, that's what shows that you're productive and like a well-functioning member of society. You need to be busy, busy, busy. What's one of the main complaints of Christians? Other Christians, but okay, I mean when it comes to being individuals. I don't have time to do the things that I know God calls me to. Are you with me? I, I can't see how I can fit all of this in. Too busy. Where am I going to find the time to do this as well? There might be some of us sitting here this morning and as we celebrated the serving teams, you thought to yourselves, man, I would love to serve, I just don't know where to find the time. <coughs> and in light of that, we have to say something. That God is not going to make us too busy to obey Him. Does that make sense? God will not give us so much to do that we cannot do what He says. That makes sense, just logically. God is not going to make you too busy. So if you are too busy to obey God, to get to traditional cultural Christian things that we know that we are supposed to do as Christians, that's embedded in the way that we do things, then it's not God. That's making us too busy. And don't hear what I'm not saying. Will there be seasons and times where it is just busy and stuff happens? They shut down and all of those things. It needs to happen. It has to happen. Yes. But if it's constantly like that, something's wrong. There will come babies. There will be more children, less children. 
and that'll influence the way we do things and the capacity that we have. But if just in general we don't have time, there's a problem. And what is the problem? We are allowing culture to dictate our priorities. Why? Because that is how we spend our time. If you want to see what you prioritize, just look at how you spend your time. Why? Because that is the only thing we have a limited amount of, is time. You can have more possessions, less possessions, more finances, less finances. It goes like that. But you only have that amount of time. Nobody has more or less time. This year was the same amount of time for all of us. Amen? So we are allowing culture to dictate how we spend our time. And now here's the interesting thing specifically pertaining to rest. What happens when we need to rest? What do we do? And again, here we confuse form and function. We confuse what's supposed to give us rest. Because when we are tired, we should ask a question first. Why am I tired? And yes, physically we'll just get tired from doing stuff. And the Bible speaks about rest. And there's times of rest. And that should happen, yes, by all means. But there's a difference between that and being emotionally tired. Being burnt out. Having no capacity to do anything. We're not supposed to get to that place. Amen? Is it fine if it happens? Yes, but we need to ask why. Why am I tired? And many times we don't do this. And that's why I said, there's secrets in my life. There's stuff that I'm keeping to myself that I'm not sharing. It's tiring me out. There's a relationship conflict in my life. It's tiring me out. I don't have the relationship with my husband or wife that I'm supposed to have. It doesn't give life. In fact, it drains me a lot. And what does culture teach us? How do we deal with that? What do we do? We go on vacation to do what? To avoid it for a time. And so that we can come back, but when February comes, we're at the same place again. Why? You never dealt with the thing that's making you tired in the first place. You never resolved the conflict in your relationship. You never dealt with that sin. It's gonna stay there. You see, many times we think, if we just trace the thought logically, that we are tired because we stay in Secunda. So we just need to go somewhere else for a while. Because being here is what makes me tired. Are you with me? That's not true. The people in the mountains also get tired. Why? Because of the same thing. Yes, a change of scenery is great. Yes, going away does clear the mind. But we need to use that time well. And that takes us to the next scripture. Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 16. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. And that whole of chapter 5 speaks about two different cultures, two different worldviews clashing. Once you were darkness, now you are light. Walk as children of light, making the best use of the time, for the days are evil. So when we go away, when we go on holiday, when we have time to rest, we need to deal with the thing that's making us tired, that's depleting us. See, some people have relational conflict and we know that our marriage isn't where it's supposed to be. And so we go away together 
Sometimes we even fight a little bit more there, but nonetheless. So we go away and we are distracted from the real problem together and we come back and our relationship is just where it was. Won't you use the time to deal with that? Won't you use the time to speak to one another, to pray with one another, to work this out so that when we come back next year it's dealt with? Amen. That conversation that you need to have with that person, while there is time, won't you use the time to do what needs to be done, to sort that out? Amen. When it comes to secret sin, you don't have to wait till December. Please, that's not what I'm saying. Deal with that. Go to someone. Pray together. And I can promise you the enemy wants to inform you that, yes, it's going to be devastation, man. They won't believe it. They will be so shocked. No, Scripture says we all have sin. We'll be less shocked than you think. Amen. Rejoicing in it when we walk together in unity, making the best use of the time. Amen. Does that make sense? Otherwise, we'll be shaped by culture to be distracted from the things that's tiring us out, that's making us depressed, that's making us fearful. Instead, use the time to deal with those things head on. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. And some of you are like, yes, Mo, I booked that place now and we paid X amount of money to go there to deal with problems. It's an expensive, it's an expensive couple session that. But if it needs to be that, let it be that. Amen. Work through those things, deal with those things so that when we come back, we feel light. Listen to this. Last scripture. I want to end off with us. Matthew 11, verse 28 and 30. Then Jesus said, come to me. All of you are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Again, two implications of the scripture. The first, if you are tired, if you are burnt out, if you are carrying heavy burdens, where are you? You are not at the feet of Christ. Let me say that this morning. If you are tired, I can promise you that you are far from the one that gives rest. Are you with me? And I don't mean that in a condemning way. It's just how it is. And we are trying to carry things in our own way. And we are trying to deal with them in our own wisdom. And we want to work them out in our own strength. God says, don't do that. Come to me. Draw near. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. I mean, what an invitation. What an invitation. Let me teach you. Let me show you there is a better way. Come on, just draw near. And again, through this strange time that we're going through culturally, with everything happening and people running around and things being chaos, will we use the time to go to the feet of Jesus? Take his yoke upon us and learn from him and allow him to come and teach and guide so that we can deal with the stuff instead of, like the culture, avoid them for a while. 
Because I can promise you when January comes, you'll pick them up again and they will weigh the same if not more. They will weigh the same if not more. Specifically relational stuff. I can promise you it will weigh more. It will be harder. It will be more difficult. But let's go to Jesus and allow him to guide us so that we can deal with the things that we need to deal. Amen? Let's stand this morning and pray together.